side joint Ooh, cold side joint Good evening, Amarin, and how are you this fine day? Hi, Jesse. I am doing well. You know, you find me in the midst, as you have found me for some time now, of a long and extended month move process, mm-hmm. which um, about a week out from the end of the month process starts to feel like it's been 45 years of moving. Um, so take 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 away from that what you will, the messaging you will. So hang on. Are you in your new place currently? Am I talking to you in your new place? No, you're no. in your old place. No, this you is have a different background. Place. I do. And that's okay. because, as I'm sure you can imagine, there's a lot oh. of jumbling and bumbling going around uh, yes. in, in certain parts of the house. So in the interest of sound quality, I've chosen mm. to remove myself from the busier areas. of. Uh, it's like a construction zone in the other half. Nice, nice. Yes, yes, beeping and things. So nothing, nothing good in the noise department, but I'm hanging in there and hopefully in the middle of the season, I will randomly announce to you and our listeners that I have officially done it and I am moved into a new place. So that's very fun. I think I said this to you before, but in case I didn't, I plan never to move again unless I join another cult, which I still wouldn't sell my house. So I will never move house again and my is my intention. And my, I live in like a cute little artsy area that's getting a big revamp from the city right now. Like they're turning a whole bunch of stuff into like green space. So it's upping property values. And so people are like selling their houses for more than they bought them for. So I, I've been fixing up my house because it's 100 years old and I bought it cheap and I'm a single mom. And so my neighbor the other day was like, hey, um, I noticed that you've been fixing your house up a lot lately. Are you planning on selling it? And I was like, Sean, I'm going to die here. Like, Sean, please. <laughs> That's, what are you talking about? <laughs> I bought that rock. Do you know how much rocks cost? I'm not ever leaving here. <laughs> you think I'm going to pack up all of these rock individually? Every <laughs> right? No, I couldn't move myself out of here. No, Sorry. absolutely no. not. And I think that's, you know, if I was in a home ownership situation, I think I'd find myself much the same as you, Jesse. So yeah. this is not a pleasant thing. And at this time, I wouldn't wish it upon any man, child or woman. Um, and any person that found themselves in the situation, God be with yeah. you. Also, oh, wow. full disclosure, living in the Ozarks, I bought my house for like $85,000 and now mm-hmm. they want to give me like 200000 which sounds smart. But that's how much a new crappier house would cost. So Yeah, you have to oh. remember all the houses are doing the same yeah. inflation there yeah, at the same so. time. <laughs> You'll buy wow. this house out of my cold, dead hands. And that's that's how it should be. And welcome back, everyone. On that note, (laughs) we're here. Welcome back. Welcome back to all. um, We are not able to see the numbers across all of our streaming platforms. However, for those of you who are Spotify listeners, which happens to be the only platform I can see our number of followers on. Welcome back to all 200 of you. We're happy to have you. (laughs) Is it? We're we're way topped out in Apple. I know that when I look at our stats on the back end, I can see that. Is it? It's almost. It's about four times as much, would you say? On oh, Apple yeah. So Spotify, it's very not it's more. Sort of a funny joke to only welcome the podcast followers listening from Spotify because exactly right. They make up maybe 20% yeah. of the, which doesn't make sense to me because everyone I know has Spotify. So I'm just confused as to why you guys are listening on what to, what is going on. I don't well, know. 
one of you consistently listens on their home computer. So <laughs> hello to you, sir or ma'am. Yes. I like the one that listens on their Samsung TV. Special shout out to you. I've seen you several times. I once had a Samsung TV, which is why that caught my attention. That's great. <laughs> shout out to you. I hope you're multitasking and also doing yoga while you're listening to us. One could only assume that it's a it's a boss situation and there's a lot going on. And that's what I love to see. Mm-hmm. So everyone, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for sticking in with us. We're back for our kind of third section of cults I join. You may be noticing a pattern because that's what people in cults love. Uh, so we basically do 12 episodes at a time, then do a recap episode on those 12. Then we take a little break, then we come back in with 12 more. So we're on section three of 12 groups that we're going to be covering. I always like to start uh, the first one off with a bang, uh, but not always a suicidal bang. I don't want to be too predictable. So no. um, yeah, so I'm excited about the one we're going to be talking about today. It's been on my list for a while. I went to Mm. high school with a cousin of someone from this famous group. Um, Oh, yeah, just a weird extra celebrity connection Mm -hmm. hello um (laughs) bob barker also went to my high school so you know bob barker went to my alma mater (laughs) yes he did because it's across the street from my high school (laughs) oh that checks out jesse so bob barker wasn't getting around a lot while he was pursuing his lower levels of education (laughs) he went across the street to from high school to college and look how far you've managed to go now, Bob. Well, yeah. actually, Bob has passed away, and may he rest in peace. But um, so super far. He's but he did, far. he did go a long ways. Wow, that was a big laugh from me. Um, yeah. Wow. Yep. Um, so so we're excited to get to this one. A couple of things I want to toss out at you guys before we get we kick the season off. Thing number one, I have a big big apology to make to everyone, including to you, Amarin. Um our last episode of our last little chunk of, of shows, we covered CSA, the covenant, the sword and the arm of the Lord, uh, which is my, uh, the community my in-laws are from. Um, and in that episode, we, uh, they are a Christian identity community. So they are overtly racist. Um, and they use a term that I, also grew up around because I grew up around militia movements. And so it's a term I heard a lot. I'm going to say it once. I'm not going to say it again, maybe ever, unless I have to in conjunction with these communities. But uh, the term is Zog, Z-O-G. I heard it around militias growing up. It stands for Zionist Organized Government, right? So when you're saying that word, you're usually saying it in in uh, it's a substitute word just for the government, right? We're going to go to war with the government. We're going to go to the war with the ZOG, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always understood what it meant. I understood that it was racist. I did not put together in my head that therefore it's a term I shouldn't just be saying casually in conversation. You know, I certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't have been using uh, racial slurs uh, in talking about even even people who do use them. I wouldn't be using those words myself because language is powerful and important. Right. Um, but I used that word casually because it was used, racial slurs, slurs were never used casually around me. So I pick up on them easily and they're awful and they stand out to me. And that word should have stood out to me and it did not. So uh, a good friend of mine trusted me enough to give me that feedback and let me know that that was hurtful. Um, 
and probably was hurtful to other people who heard it as well. And so I greatly appreciate that she trusted me enough to believe that I would hear it and get it and uh, respond to it. And I also really appreciate that she did it gently because good Lord, it's, it's embarrassing and I feel bad enough. So I appreciate that the person who told me told me kindly and not like, Hey, you're an asshole, which would have been perfectly warranted. So I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, my apologies. I didn't, I didn't, I just didn't perceive that it shouldn't be something I said casually. Even I, in my head, it's such a stupid word used by such stupid people that mm-hmm. I was using it flippantly. Like, look at this dumb word that these dummies are using, but it, it wasn't mine to toss around even derogatorily toward the mm. idiots that use it. So I, I apologize to everybody in the world. Well, thank you, you for sharing that. Yeah. I didn't know that either. And that's really good to know. And that's the sort of thing that isn't necessarily commonly talked about. I mean, this specific thing rarely talked about. Mm-hmm. I had no idea personally. Um, and yes, that's the important kind of conversations we need to be having. So we know about this in a safe space because this is a pretty safe safe little spot or at least we would certainly like for it to be for conversations exactly like that yeah yeah i don't want to be the one unsafing it for sure so please let me know if if i ever do and uh you know if you could let me know nicely i'd appreciate it (laughs) absolutely because i'll i'll take that so all right that said uh we have one other thing you guys we have like the best present for you amarin and i have been making all of you a present we really like it we're going to get it out to you soon. It's probably going to be out by the time you are listening to this. Amron, do you want to tell them what it is? Or I what do, it Jesse. rhymes with? It's up to Let you. me tell you what it rhymes with, guys. It rhymes with Ladybedon. I was going to say Schmatreon. <laughs> Schmatreon. It wasn't very easy for me to come up with a rhyme, and that's disappointing. You did really good, but that's Thank my go-to you. rhyme. My friend likes to use the word shmushmorshin to talk about a certain topic. That's often <laughs> well, I have no idea what you're referencing, so consider it an effective code word. Thank shmush. So I had a shmushmorshin. Um, My shmushmorshin <laughs> went well. I'm <laughs> feeling much better. Um, so anyway, we have a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna full disclosure it. Patreon. We have a Patreon level. We're very excited about it. We've already started recording. Um, We have already recorded four episodes. We'll be doing the next one this weekend. Uh, We've covered the first. So our Patreon. So we're going to keep doing the exact same thing we do here forever, covering a different group every week, talking about kind of the inner world of that group and whether or not we would join it. I will probably join it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll on Patreon, we're going to be doing some long form because here we're, we're pretty darn yappy, but over there we really get to dive deep into the particulars of whatever group we're talking about. So there will be some uh, repetition in groups that we talk about, not at all always, but uh, some of the time, um, right. but it will never be like, for example, we covered Nexium recently because the numbers don't lie and y'all really liked Nexium. So who doesn't? Um, so we just did three episodes of Nexium because there are nine episodes of the HBO documentary series. And so FYI, anytime I cover a group here, I am not covering the Netflix documentary of that group. I may or may not even watch it because my objective is not to regurgitate to you something that you can access for yourself. It's 
Um, it's to do all the research I can talk to anybody I know on the inside and, and get an inside picture and feel, cause that's what I'm interested in. And that's what I want to share with you guys. Um, but when we're on Patreon, we are in fact talking about the documentaries. So we are covering two different things. And so, and then Amron and I can kind of get in on like the, the specific details and the specific characters involved. And so it's a completely different discussion and one that's a lot of fun. That's what I know. We really can't talk enough about cults. What can I say? (laughs) It's we can't. But also, I mean that in a larger sense, which I know that we two ladies have talked about ourselves. And that's that there is so much. Oh, the buzzwords already coming out and we're just entering season three nuance in all of these different (laughs) groups. And I, you know, being able to really look into the dusty corners of an organization like Nexium, for instance, mm-hmm. um, or being able to really see like, oh, he said that or she said this and and seeing maybe the person saying that on live footage or hearing someone recount what that was like for them. Those are specific details we just can't necessarily consider when we're covering this as fast as we possibly can in episodes that always run too long. (laughs) So this is just like extending the runway for us a little bit with some specificity that's guided, which is fun. And I think you guys are going to like it because we've seen a lot of positive notes about the conversational style of Cult Side Join and the primary pod. And I'd say it's even more conversational over there on the Patreon. So it's like a slightly more intimate look. And if you guys like the Patreon enough, I've heard whispers of rumors that we could even begin to unlock uh, secret higher level tiers (laughs) as well. It's true. We are also starting a bonus episode that I think is going to go half on our free platform and half on our Patreon, which right now will be at the $5 a month level. Um, And that is going to be stories from y'all. You guys have, you know, we get private messages from you. Obviously, I have my own stories and I hear them from my friends all the time. Uh, A friend of mine, the same one that gave me gentle correction, uh, suggested that we have a whole episode called uh, Jesse Names Names. So we'll see about (laughs) that would definitely be on the Patreon. Uh, So, But we're going to start doing some bonus episodes that are just your stories from the farm. So, guys, if you have some great community stories of your own, leaving, staying in, weird things that happen, weirdo characters that live there. I've got plenty of my own to stock the pond, but we really want to hear yours because, man, people have heard mine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's just fun to get those different angles and perspectives because a lot of times, I mean, Jesse and I disagree about stuff from time to time, nearly every episode, just for fun. Um, (laughs) But, you know, our perspectives are pretty cult-centric, weirdly. We're a lot more like, oh, yeah, that's normal to be, or why would that be a problem, or what have you, versus maybe some of of you guys may have more brush-ups with the weird and the unusual that may be registered for you as a little bit more fun or kooky, right? Like, I don't know. I I just, I want to get those perspectives that aren't necessarily in our wheelhouse roped in here as well. And of course, we're hitting that a little bit through other personal accounts and just sharing stuff. But Gosh, if we couldn't even turn the fire hose on at full blast and have everybody's stories all the time, that's what we'd like. <laughs> that's what we would like. So start sending them in. Where are you going to send them? You're going to send them to our Facebook Messenger. So yes, you are. Uh, Facebook, we are called Side Join on Facebook. We love having like big public discussions there about the groups we're talking about. But send us a private message with your story, and we cannot wait to read it on the air. Let us know there if you want us to say your name and the story or not, because that mm. will be useful information, and we will. Not not say it unless you tell us you we can so if this is your moment to put your name out there do it 
Okay. Uh, I think that is all the stuffy stuffs. Are you ready, Amarin, to dive into the first step on this season? I could not be more ready to dive into the first step of this season, Jesse. Let's get into it. I've been steeped in it for the last two days. I'm very excited to introduce you to. Let me give you some hints. See how long it takes you. I don't think it's going to take you long. Uh, there are 19 of them and counting. <laughs> oh, man. Don't do this to me in the first episode where I can <laughs> immediately guess and get it right. We're talking about the Duggar. <laughs> we are talking about the Duggars. However, the Duggars are all related, so I'm not going to call them a cult. We're going to talk about the cult they are a member of, which is uh-huh. IBLP, which stands for... Wow, I just blanked on what it stands for. Um, it stands for the Institute for Learning and... Is it Personal Advancement? I-L-B-P? Let's I-B-L-P. Nope. Institute and Basic Life Principles. That's I knew it. that. Institute and basis, basic life principles. That's I've literally it. been saying it all day and I blanked on it. Thank you, Amarin. Do you want to take even, it from here? It, yeah, I'll take over. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't even get the um, IBLP thing right unless I say it where I'm sounding out every single letter. I mix them all up. So I'm probably not a great reference for the name category. <laughs> so I have been doing all the research. I did watch. There's a new documentary out on... Is it on Prime, I believe? Maybe it is. TikTok? Is it it's one of the it's on Prime. It's on Prime. It's called Shiny Happy People. Really great. Um uh that primarily focuses on the Duggars, but people inside of this movement say IBLP, 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 like all the time because it is Non-stop. their whole world. Uh so you'll hear it a lot. I also listened to uh Ginger Duggar's book on uh C D that came out. That uh, was really interesting. Mm. Um, and I pre-bought Jill Duggar's book, um, but it's not out yet, so I can't discuss it yet. Now, again, I am not actually, I watched Shiny Happy People several weeks ago because I could not wait <laughs> until until I should have used it for research here. So it's actually pretty far back in my memory now because I've been, we've been recording other Patreon episodes. Um, so, but that's okay because I think eventually we'll cover that in the Patreon. So again, that really focuses on the Duggars. I will talk a little bit about the Duggars in here, but primarily we're going to be talking about the faith that they're a part of, which is IBLP. So the first thing I want to tell you about IBLP, which really surprised me, it isn't a faith. It is a business. Mm-hmm. It is almost identical to Nexium in its um, setup and layout. So it is actually not a church. Um, its leader, Bill Gothard, is not a pastor. It no. is um, a series. It's it it has many many branches focused on different things, but its primary function is actually as a homeschool curriculum. And then secondarily, although this is where all the money and the hype comes from, they have like huge speaking conventions and you know week long retreats and things like that. So it isn't a church. But it is a very, it is a complete complex of educational uh, materials for people to live their entire lives by or school their children start to finish by and almost definitely both. So that is what IBLP is, the Institute for Basic Have I forgotten it again? Life principles. principles. It's right here in front of me. So it is what it sounds like. So, you know, so the Duggars, for example, if you watch their show, which I definitely did, um, sometimes you see a lot of times you see them in home churches. And the reason you're seeing them in home churches a lot is because IBLP is not a church. You don't go to IBLP church. And so a lot of IBLP 
families meet in home churches and they will simply watch videos of Gothard talking or study the text and go from there, right? Uh, so they are entirely basing their faith in their religious practice 100% on the teachings of IBLP. Um, but they, but again, they're not at an IBLP church, if that makes sense. Later, right. I saw in, in their show that the Duggars spent a lot of time at what seems to be like a mega church. But again, I think that's just like an Assemblies of God type church that they are comfortable in. If that makes sense. And probably a lot of those families practice IBLP, but the church itself is not IBLP, if that makes sense. All right. I see. So that, that was an interesting um, separation to me that I thought was worth mentioning. Mm, that's very interesting. Yeah, I thought so. So uh, that is that. Okay, so let me get into this. I'm going to give you all the basics first, like we do. So this is kind of the Wikipedia rundown. IBLP was originally organized in 1961 under the name Campus Teams. It changed its name to Institute in Basic Youth Conflicts in 1974 because originally, so this was all started by like a thesis paper that Bill Gothard wrote in college. Um, and so initially it was just kind of a basic like couple of tracts of like, here's some info on how I, an unmarried, childless white male, think everyone should lead their whole lives. Yes, um, very helpful <clears throat> advice from a guy that has no experience with any of this. Story of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, then it changed to Institute of Basic Youth Conflicts in 1974 because they were at that time really focused on teens and resolving youth conflicts. So they started uh, strategizing, like, um, having curriculum for conflict resolution in teens. Yes. It adopted its current name in 1989 to reflect its expansion beyond their seminars um, because previously they had been doing more youth-based seminars. Um, uh, kind of experienced their heyday during the 70s and 80s where they had attendances in the 70s of up to 20,000 people. But in the 80s and early 90s, they were filling stadiums. Um, so it's it's a mega church without being a mega church, mm. um, which isn't a bad idea. I'm very curious about their tax status, though. <laughs> <laughs> I I am really glad you bring this up because I had not thought about that, and it's a really good question because they really tow this line of like I knew that it wasn't a church because I was familiar with some stuff that I know we'll get to later, um, but I was familiar with stuff about like people being sent to some of the centers and i yes, knew they weren't yeah. churches because of that I, it had yes. clicked with me like oh this is not a traditional church setup and also they talk a lot in the duggars about their home church situation which i always yes. notice because i went to a home church so i was always Same. like yes that's yes. correct basically as a young person i remember right. commending their choice uh second time <laughs> when i was really self-righteous um but <laughs> i am yeah that is that is so interesting. And I and I'm so interested in the tax exemption status because they were writing curriculum. So they should have been fully t paying taxes. But well, I, I won't Google that now for fear that I become enraged. Yeah, you can't Google it. I definitely tried. Um, they are probably I, surely at the they're a nonprofit, surely, you know, so despite their Learjet. So um, so it says, uh, Wikipedia tells us the Institute in Basic Life Principles, uh, IBLP, is a non-denominational Christian organization that serves as an umbrella organization for several ministries. Um, it provides instruction on how to find success in life. Next, Sam. 
by following biblical principles. Uh, involves programs that include seminars for ministry, community outreach, troubled youth mentoring, and international ministry. Children are expected to be homeschooled in the program and to always obey their fathers and adhere strictly to IBLP's interpretation of biblical scripture. The strict approach found an enormous audience. Um, they grew really big. They made millions and millions of dollars. Um, they moved out into, they made a, a really comprehensive um, homeschooling program. And by comprehensive, I don't mean it teaches you anything about science. <laughs> yes, or- yes, I'm glad you made I just want to call that out and say, what do you mean comprehend? I don't know if you saw the look in my eyes, but I was like, well, I... <laughs> No, I don't mean anything like that. Um, I actually just mean that, like, it's quite elaborate and you can definitely (laughs) fill your time going through all of the booklets uh, in which it will tell you why science is dumb. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, let me just tell you, and I this will be my first interjection as a Mm -hmm. person who um, once had a seminar on evolution at the two-day-a-week school that I went to. Mm -hmm. And in the seminar about evolution, here's what they said. Evolution does not exist, but dinosaurs did exist, but nothing evolved from them. (laughs) All species have always existed all the same forever. And the dinosaurs, yeah, they were just like wiped off the earth, obviously, and nothing evolved from them. Want to hear a song I learned to sing in my cult when I went to my cult school? Desperately. Get ready. And apologies for my voice. Solace would not allow me to sing even as a baby. He put his tiny hand over my mouth. Okay. Here's a song I learned to sing in my cult cult school. I did not evolve from a tadpole who got lost and wandered ashore. (laughs) I did not evolve from a monkey who didn't want to live in the jungle anymore. I was hesitant to say anything because I didn't want to cut you off in case there were 15 more verses because I was wrapped with attention there. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, that's the kind of nonsense that was very, very custom in Jesse and I's shared um, (laughs) stomping ground background. Um, Horrifying and hilarious and i feel like i could probably tell a thousand more stories but i'll hold them now and we'll move forward with with what you have outrageous side note i was always the lead play in the plays in school but strangely i was the janitor in musicals (laughs) whatever (laughs) non-singing role they could they're like jesse you're a tree you're a tree in our production of grace And you'll sway from side to side. And, and then you'll play nice. Abigail Williams in the Crucible. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it's, it's all, all about range. It and all worked out. It yeah. worked out fine. <laughs> yes. Um, they also have a lot of side programs. Okay, so, uh, sorry, their homeschool curriculum consists of 54 pamphlets, which are called wisdom booklets. And in fact, they teach so little about real curriculum that mm. they have now been legally forced to downgrade them into calling them just wisdom wisdom booklets not a curriculum they're not legally allowed it's like when you go to the store and you have to buy chicken wings with a z because that's exactly they right legally call or when it says organics with an asterisk <laughs> right. which, just a side note 
things can say organic when they're not. So don't ever believe organic packaging. Actually, check that out. I know you know that, but that's just my new side note. But it's mm-hmm. exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly yeah. like that. It's amazing. So, yeah. yeah. They wow. also have Alert, a paramilitary style program for the boys. Surprise. And Excel, a several month finishing school for the girls. It's a beautiful thing. And it's how it should be. I'm just kidding. No, no. But it is how it do be in -hmm. this area of the country gosh if this isn't like a second skin (laughs) in 2006 iblp was reported to earn uh 63 million a year which in today's money would be 91 million a year um in 2008 they had quite a rise to celebrity when one of their uh followers the duggar family rose in fame on the tsl or the tlc channel um, they are, let's see, real, real quick about Gothard himself, who is the just staunch, uh, fully, there is one leader and it's him and there are no sidekicks. And that's that he uh, was born right outside of Chicago, which is where they're still headquartered today. Third of six children, deeply religious. Um, he claims in his bio that he, quote, began working with inner city gangs in Chicago and families in crisis to help them, quote, make wild choices, wise choices. This is, I think, 100% bullshit. I don't think any of that happened. Can you imagine that picture picture the people who you know are in IBLP who are dressing exactly how this old white man taught them to dress. Can you imagine Absolutely. him on the streets of Chicago outside of Cabrini fucking green being like, hello, fellow homies. I would like to teach you to make wise choices. I don't know. He, he could have been very hip with the culture at the time. I'm kidding, of course. No, I can't picture it. What a terrible thing to even well, try to muster up. Yes. Yeah, it's awful. Stop pretending you're the worst. Um, interestingly, though, Gothard himself has led a modest life. Um, he's never been married. He's never had kids. He drives a plain car. Uh, he claimed to take only $600 a month in salary. However, ask me if he has a private jet. Does he have a private jet? Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, he, he does? does? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Here are some super gross people that I wish never to hear from again who are uh, tangled up in IBLP and have publicly endorsed it. Mike Huckabee! Boo! Mike Huckabee. (laughs) Who I believe famously qualified ketchup as a vegetable for Arkansas school lunch programs. Good job, Mike Huckabee! Uh, Sarah Palin, blah, gross! Thought we could forget about her. Rick Perry! Hates... Mm -mm. Gay people, boo, Rick Perry, suck it. Okay, that's uh, those are famous people who have endorsed IBLP, which no. I think says a lot about IBLP and a lot about those people. So that's that. Okay, on IBLP's website, describes itself as dedicated to giving individuals, families, churches, schools, communities, governments, and businesses clear instruction and training on how to find success. Next soon. By following God's principles found in scripture, the book group pushes an authoritarian patriarchal theology conceived, developed and thundered from the pulpit by Gothard over the years. Um, this just goes on to go on and on about how they have uh, massive. They really invested in properties. So they have a whole lot of property around Chicago, around their headquarters that they use as like dorm buildings for all of their people that are coming through to stay there. They have, let's see, a number of facilities around the world, including in Alabama, Arizona, Indiana, Michigan, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, New Zealand and Romania. But they still are headquartered there. They have a big retreat center on 3000 acres in Michigan. 
I wrote here, uh, here's my side notes, executive success program via Jesus. Mm. But it is the reason I keep comparing them to Nexium is that Nexium has all these curriculums for every single thing in the world, right? You can go to Nexium yes. and be like, what do I do if I feel tingly in my pinky finger? And it's like, here's what you do. So mm-hmm. it's exactly the same for IBLP. It's just Bible based. But it is, in fact, the point of IBLP, and, and it really kind of all comes back to this, isn't even exactly like, I love God and I want to please God. It is um, what's the prosperity gospel. Right. That belief, like the Joel Olstein people, the belief that uh, if you have money, God has blessed you. And if you don't have money, it's because God has judged you. Yes. Um, yes. And, the worst and type of Christianity. The somehow. absolute worst. The fucking worst. Um, and, you know, and to go along with that, like if you would do better, God would bless you. Right. And if you yeah. don't, God will remove. So the, the most fundamental ideology coming out of IBLP is what's called the umbrella of protection. Amarin, mm-hmm. have you heard this phrase before? And can you guess what it means? Oh, I don't have to guess what it means. I'm very familiar. And it was a part of the doctrine that I was raised in. Um, it's not in, it was not invented by IBLP, which is an important thing I want to call out before I describe it, because you may think to yourself, I've heard that before in my evangelical background. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have. Um, this is <laughs> not, I don't mean to shock you, but Mr. Gothard, not like that inventive, clever, no. creative of a guy, big time stealer and not in yes. the artsy way. Anyway, umbrella Next, of yeah. preaction. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Keith Raniere, is that you <laughs> um, from behind bars already? Um, no, no, uh, so with the umbrella of protection, what we have is God. So just we're going to we're going to picture umbrellas here and the coverage that umbrella. umbrellas provide during a rainstorm. So it's pouring rain. OK, big, huge umbrella, circus sized elephant umbrella. That's God. And he's got his realm of protection. And underneath God is another realm, slightly smaller umbrella, significantly smaller umbrella, I would guess it'd have to be. And that's gosh, I should have started from the other direction because this is a question mark umbrella. This is authority. Um, it's Bill Gothard usually, well, right? It's, it's going to be Bill Gothard and his model, but it's, it's right. unequivocally male authority. It's like if great call out. It's only men and usually only white men. I honestly have never one time seen it be a, be a man of color. Doesn't mean no, it I couldn't be and sure. it probably has been, but I personally have not seen that. I um, would suggest that it would be a man of color if no other man were around. Yes. Only then. Would yeah. be my guess. Yeah. That's I mean that's and, and that's just the way that these groups of people generally operate. Unfortunately, there's just this big crossover uh <laughs> between this level of judgmental attitude towards all of these marginalized groups. They share it for most of them, unfortunately. Yes. Um so umbrella of protection, yes, it goes God and then it goes authority, and this is often like a church authority. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an authority of some type. It's gonna look very different based off where you're getting it from, like Jesse already said. But in this instance, that's probably gonna be Bill Gothard. Um and then so you've got male archetypal authority. And then when we get to the family level, because we make kind of a jump here from external male authority to inside your own home and family dynamic. And the umbrella you find there is your husband. Um, Wait, father first, father first, especially in authority, then father, then husband. In terms of a t- yes, in terms of the time, because they sort of trigger each other. Because a woman is never without all these tears, because there's Correct. going to be it'll either be father or husband, and and some toxic dynamics probably expected to be both. But biblically, they're a lot of times allowed to sort of transfer their ownership, if you will, of the young woman um, and her soul, which is genuinely what they believe that they're responsible for their yes. sh- the salvation of these women. Um, so. This very serious responsibility. I don't mean to make light of it. Yes. Um, I think they might be making light of it, most of them. Um, but 
that's fine. And then the last umbrella, well, so he goes, yes, father, husband, uh, a similar umbrella with depending on your age and status. And then below that, um, and I is is sometimes mom, unless right. she has teenage sons, in which case Correct. the mother will defer to the leadership of her sons who are now young men, and they will be leaders underneath their father. And then finally, if there are no other, if there are no men that are over the age of 13 present, the wife and mother gets her time. Bam. And then that's it. Then it's children and then, you know, miscreants of all kinds fall, yes, <laughs> yeah. I guess, underneath there. Yeah. That's and the gross umbrella of protection. It is the gross umbrella of protection. Um, within IBLP, I'll tell you two very specific adjustments to that umbrella. Adjustment number one, it is not a circus-sized umbrella that God's protecting you under. It's maybe three inches wider than the next one down because <laughs> everything is true. inherent terrifying risk. Right? That's so you can true. Get out from under that umbrella, real, real, real easy, and you better fucking not. Yes, I, 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 I think I was more alluding to the concept that there should be a difference, and I realize now that there isn't one, which is hilarious. No. I was thinking about it, and I was thinking like, well, of course they wouldn't say that their reach was almost as much as God's, would they? But they literally do. I'm thinking oh, back now, and they are a thousand percent like, and then an inch smaller than God's authority. <laughs> That's me. That's big guy, daddy G, you know, like, yes. are you kidding me? <laughs> That's <laughs> a million percent true. Um, and then the other interesting thing. So when I was reading uh, Ginger Duggar's book, she was saying that very specifically under the umbrella of authority, which they reference constantly. And yes, I grew up with the umbrella as well. Yes. Um, yeah. Which a lot of this is so familiar to me that I really wondered, you know, geographically, we're actually not far from where the Duggars live. And uh, it's very IBLPE in this area. Um, so I wonder how much our churches, in fact, borrowed directly from IBLP or had homeschooling IBLP families in our church. So mm. I'm curious how much of this is familiar because it's directly from this and how much is familiar because like Bill Gothard isn't that creative. Um, right. But that to say, so something that Ginger talked about specifically is that so her book is about coming out from Mm -hmm. IBLP and she is no longer a part of it and and believes that it's to, it is a harmful cult now. Um, which is interesting. I wonder what their Thanksgiving dinners are like these days, but um, mm. so she's outside of that. She's still very, very Christian, but she's outside of IBLP. And she says that one of the big things, so of course, IBLP is Gothard, 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 Gothard. And he tells you what his interpretation of the Bible is. And that's what you do, which is the story for a lot of groups. You know, when Amish people yeah. leave, leave uh, their communities, the first thing they do is read the Bible. And they're always completely shocked by it, as, <laughs> as a lot of people are. And and so so was Ginger, even though she read the book, obviously, her whole life. But she was reading it through the filter of what she'd already been told to believe it meant via Bill Gothard and whatever he wanted it to mean. So as she stepped yeah. Yeah. One thing that she pointed out, because this uh, affected her heavily when she got married in um, in IBLP, the umbrella of protection, the father of like the father and the father-in-law continue to be uh, in charge of the children post marriage. So even post marriage, you still have to get your father and father-in-law's permission to move to you know, name your kid something to mm -hmm. switch jobs to shorten the length of your skirt. Like you still have to go to your parents. You don't go to your husband and your husband still has to go to his parents. Um, and so that is 
not the norm, even for the umbrella of protection. And then she reads the verse, of course, in the Bible where it says, you know, marriage is for a man to leave his parents and cleave unto his wife, which is biblical. Um, And so that was one of the things that helped her see like, oh, this isn't even biblical, right? Like, yeah, she's not going to go so far as to say, I don't believe in the Bible or in Jesus, like at all. But she was able to go like, oh, this is actually directly in conflict with the Bible. Um, but mm. she continued asking her parents permission for like, can I move house after she got married? Because she couldn't really understand that, like, she didn't have to do that. But her husband was not IBLP. So he was like, oh, no, <laughs> really care what your dad thinks. So, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, yeah. it's it's weird because I definitely... I mm, this is it's so it's so entangled, which is a word that the Duggar girls use a lot. The ones that are coming out of the group, yes, um, it is. She they say a lot of this book. <laughs> they say that entanglement thing a lot, but I think it's very apt, and I understand why they're saying it because when you're raised this way, so much of who you are is all tangled up in all of these ideas and constructs, and you don't know which of them are your ideas and constructs. No, like, which of them are self harming, which is strange. Yes. Like. I still struggle at this point in my life with and I had I had great parents. Really, I did. Yeah. And I still have them not past tense, but I grew up with great parents. And Mm -hmm. yet still, I feel like I still am shocked at nearly 27 that I don't need more approval for the things that I do. It's hard for me to do things just because I want to do them. Um, I find it very hard to validate doing things just purely because I am motivated to do them or I want to do them. And I literally had to go through several years of therapy just to know what it felt like to want to do something, to like something. I wasn't sure what that was like in my own brain. Hmm. Which because I like I didn't know what that feeling felt like basically. And I was not going through some horrific nonsense either growing up. These were just the ideas that were getting slowly fed in based on like similar, a little insidious concepts. Well, I think a lot of, you know, when we come out of churches exactly like, you know, the IBLP's curriculum, I I think, you know, we're so taught to, it's so serious. And I'll I'll try to talk fast because I've got a lot of info here, but, you know, it's so serious. You know, when I read Ginger Duggar's book, she had an eating disorder. She had all, she has lifelong anxiety, which was a comfort to me because so do I. Um, But not that I want you to have that, Ginger Duggar, but. um, No, no. (laughs) But. It sh- like every single step because the umbrella only gives you an inch of protection from and it's not just rain it's death rain right oh, yeah it's like it's your, your eternal salvation your You're limbs are gonna fall off yep. you're gonna starve and be alone so um she was terrified all the time and so he would say things like okay so she said that in his um sermons he would always ask people to make a vow at the end of it and it would always pertain to whatever he had been talking about you know porn's really bad make a vow that you'll never look at porn you know, uh, wearing pants, if you're a woman, is really bad. Make a vow. You're a woman and never wear pants. And it, so she would vow, but she took it so seriously because she was so afraid, as I was, and maybe probably you were, to upset God and be outside of the umbrella of protection. When you're not under God's protection, the world is just terrifying. Anything could happen mm-hmm. to you. And so... um you know, so she was very, very scared of that. So like one time he just had people make a vow that they would read a chapter of the Bible and pray for five minutes every day, which isn't a whole lot of time commitment, but it is every day. Um, and she made the vow, but then it just made her sick. It made her sick. Even if she did the thing in the morning, she had like till the afternoon till she was nauseous, hoping she didn't forget it the next day because 
God mm-hmm. forbid you break your vow, right? So she yeah. said she couldn't take communion sometimes, which I guess they did every week. Um, because because Gothard said that if you took communion and you had any sin undisclosed, that it would like fester and kill you. And so she was terrified. So a lot of times she didn't take communion because she was like, what if I had a bad thought about somebody and I'm not remembering it right now? Like she was just so afraid. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, if anything, this, this belief system, and I certainly don't mean just this one, um, but this one for sure is entirely fear-based, which is funny yes. because there are a group of people who will decry fear from all the, I'm they're a hundred percent anti-maskers. I won't live in fear people, but it is Fear-based. Oh okay. yeah, it's there's always that. I, we won't get into it, but there's no. always that double entendre with with these people. Like they say one thing, and it's I so deeply ironic, and they don't mm-hmm. realize it. They never and see they, it. Like it, especially with like the abortion and masking conversation. I'll just leave that there. Schmashmortion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and smashking um yes. those two things like they contradict each other massively they can't reconcile it anyway let's move on shocking I just so today you know facebook always gives you those memories that haunt you and <laughs> uh-huh. just today i was looking at my facebook memories and one of them was a, a meme from the like two years ago that said you know what i really don't hear enough about is masks i wish masks. i knew what people thought about them i just <laughs> i was like in the height. <laughs> so curious so about good. people's feelings okay so uh, IBLP curriculum focuses heavily on the roles and responsibilities of men and women within a marriage government, government, covenant, um, <laughs> a husband's authority over his wife is God given as is his wife's non-negotiable duty to submit to him. She must respect his position regardless of his quote deficiencies. IBLP teaches that God grants spouses full access to each other's bodies for sexual gratification and warns against resistance or indifference to a husband's need for physical intimacy. Although not vice versa. So I guess the guy can just like treat you like you don't exist if he feels like it. Um, Wives and children are occasionally referenced as goods belonging to the husband in LBLP, Mm -hmm. uh, which may be subjected to torment by Satan himself should the husband remove the home's spiritual protection, um, uh, which he can do at his whim. A married woman should not seek financial independence. She should not take matters into her own hands, resist her husband's physical affection or ask for outside counsel without her husband's permission. Inwardly married women are admonished to nurture a meek and quiet spirit while outwardly maintaining beauty, remaining well-groomed and striving to dress to please their husbands. Um, This is the thing that I took that I can't like you have internalized, like needing your parents permission. My parents didn't give a fuck. So uh, I really (laughs) internalized, like if I am a good wife, I will get a family and Mm. I, you know, even when my husband was like coking it up out on the street with the whores and I'm not even, that's like an understatement. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I literally was like, I have got to bake better bread. Like that's what I thought. Yeah. I've got to bake better bread. Really can't emphasize enough that, and we, yeah, really can't emphasize enough how constant the self-criticism is for women in these groups Mm -hmm. we are trained to be critical of ourselves in these groups and it is prevalent it is constant and it is like to the worst degrees possible because you will encounter plenty of women and i don't mean women that get documentaries made about them i mean women that will remain largely unremarkable to the general population who will literally say to you my husband is abusing me I'm not being a good enough wife. Oh, yeah. That I heard that several times as a young person growing up. And that's 
you know, just to like the most extreme scale and have and blaming themselves for natural events even, you know, so that kind of thing is very common. And I absolutely hate to hear it. But when the men are so domineering in groups like this, I think it just sets you up for life if you're raised that way to think like that, unfortunately. You know, when when my husband was doing that and, you know, I was attending my sister's church at the time. So you can picture my friend group who are lovely (laughs) women, but very conservative Christians. Very lovely. Um, you know, they, they saw this happening to me and, and their hearts went out to me. They didn't want, you know, because losing your husband and not getting to have more kids is the kiss of death. And, it, oh yeah, you know, it was to me and that they, they perceived it the same way. They didn't want to see that happen to me. Um, and so they would call me and try to give me their best advice. And I, you might remember during this time, cause this is when we were all having babies that a lot of those women were talented artists. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those women made a public stance and said, I will now shut down my art business to be a more attentive wife and mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on the verge of doing that, in which case we would not have this podcast and I would not have lewd linens, which bought my house. Um, right. You know, I wouldn't have any of those things. I was absolutely like, I was like, well, they're doing it and their husbands are sa- staying. And they would call me and say like, okay, he's shacked up with another girl, bring him dinner. And I would do it. Which now I look back and I think like, hmm. how pathetic must he have thought I was, you know, but I don't I care. Think, like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't matter what that, uh, what that man thinks of that period of time, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. But it's, it's embarrassing. And Fair. you know, what the fuck did you. that girl think of this wife, you know, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't even blame myself as a bad wife, but I couldn't, I just couldn't imagine a world in which being the right wife wouldn't keep your husband. I just had to be a better wife. I just had to. Yeah. And I think on some level, yeah. And I think on some level, this is literally like a coping mechanism because women have so little control in these situations. And the truth is that you couldn't control what he was doing. And that was awful. And it's a terrible thing that you had to go through. And at the same time, your brain is like, Oh my God, what can I control? What can I hold on to? Only right. me. I can make, yeah. credit. I can criticize myself. I can nag on myself about what I'm doing today, but I can't make him be nice to me or just mm-hmm. do the stuff he promised he would do. Um, and that sucks, which I think is how so many of these women end up feeling. And I felt that way um, in a different, in a different scenario where it's just like, what can I control and how am I going to punish myself to make me feel like I'm in control? Basically. IBLP is the executive success program of Jesus and they don't (laughs) imply it in their culture. They tell you directly, here's your curriculum, do it. They're very on the nose. You can control the outcome. You can control the outcome 100% of the time. That's what they teach. So if if you're not controlling the outcome, you are not following the curriculum, period. Right. It's kind of like being a God. Dang it! I just forgot the name. What is it called with Nexium? What is it called? Being clear or being oh, at, at cause. cause? At cause, and we've heard clear in other cults, but that's the cult. The big ding thing here is they didn't label it in this group, but they literally believe that if you are quote at cause, God will favor you and everything will be fine, and you will be blessed with many children and much happiness and happy husbands and stuff. Well, and I think your faith. It's all your of us know that's not true. Um, especially those of us who experience that that's not true. And that if you do everything right, it doesn't just, it doesn't just make everything go the right way. Let me assure you. What sad truth doesn't change it. (laughs) I started wearing my head covering again and let me, public service announcement, a head covering cannot compete with the cocaine. So. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I didn't expect you to say that. 
Oh, the sweet allure of <laughs> the, coca plant. the coca plant will always win in these situations, friends. Wow. Okay. Head versus head covering versus cocaine. Head covering going down. It's a zero sum. Yeah. No, yeah. no wins. No. And, you know, the fucking Holocaust should have taught us that. God doesn't reach down from the sky and fix things no matter how fucking good you are. Right. And no matter uh, how yeah. fucking wrong things are going. Honestly, the most appropriate use of someone bringing in the Holocaust as a reference point that I've ever heard and it will continue to be is, OK, explain this then, you know, right, like, no, it's it's not a ma- there's a massive historical event. There's others like it. But here's one very, very big one, notable one that you can't explain to me in that case. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they have something they'd tell you because I'm sure they've been asked. All of these people have weaseled yeah. their way out right. of little conversations like this. I, well, my resentment is simmering out, and I apologize, listeners. It's literally just bubbling out the corners of all my responses, but I well, do think look, it's bad. There's no good answer for that other than you're right. This whole theology crumbles, and you can't control how God protects you. And so the answer is something anti-Semitic. And that's how that sticks, because because that the existence of such horrific things in the world tells us God doesn't jump in and intervene the way that we want him to. I certainly would love for him to. Um, And because of that, then then all these steps we're taking and all these tight wires we're walking are irrelevant and we're wasting our time. Right. That's the lesson of that period of history, but we're not going to learn it. So, um, all right. So on and on, here's some more rules that will make your life better. The consumption of media, such as television, movies, most music and the internet is not allowed. Uh, um, though non-contemporary Christian music is accepted, all music which features syncopation is banned. Dancing mm-hmm. is not allowed, like the town and <laughs> what is it with Kevin Bacon? <laughs> Greece or, or not Greece. So it's, it's, uh, um, gosh, dang it. It's man. Oh, no. Oklahoma. Oh, it's Oklahoma. Is, no, but it's Footloose. It's Footloose. Yes. They are all the town of Footloose. Dancing is not allowed, and the consumption is, of alcohol is also banned. Um, rock music, any music, even Christian songs, had an emphasis on the second and fourth beats rather than the first and third beats, which was actually a secret way that demons got into your soul, perfected by, I'm not making this up, African witch doctors. And that prolonged exposure to it kills houseplants. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's Compelling. that. What can you say? Yeah. Compelling. What can I say? I've not checked it out, but what a point. Yep. Yep. I, yeah. Oh, gosh. I remember some, I really love rap music and always have probably because I let, I'm a lit major and I love words. Um, yes. So rap is so word oriented. I've always loved it. Also, I, I was a teenager in the 90s when like, you know, rap was exploding and there was NWA and like that was the new thing. And so anyway, I've always loved rap, uh, but I was coming out of my church and living in sporadically in my parents' house when rap was coming out. So I heard a lot of, a lot of Christian theology about (laughs) rap of any kind. Um, Women are expected to wear ankle length dresses and to never cut their hair. The presence of text printed onto dresses is also not allowed as it is thought to bring attention to the body. Men are expected to wear dark suits and white shirts. Blue jeans are seen as ungodly and men must be circumcised as uncircumcised is unpure. Sexual education is not part of IBL teachings at all, leading some children and teens to not understand what sexual assault is. 
Um, the Bible is read daily. Everyone is expected to spend time meditating on its messages. Children are taught to obey God's message and the rules of their fathers. And the violation of this leads to bad consequences, such as contracting a cold. I certainly believed that. Did you believe that? Um, off and on. I was weird about the physical connection to certain spiritual stuff with my upbringing. It wasn't always like, I don't know. My parents were people that were like, we don't pray about math tests. We don't pray to feel better. Mm-hmm. We don't pray to like, that's mm-hmm. very temporary stuff. So I, uh, my parents were definitely, my, my, my faith growing up was very much on the line of like, God wouldn't really care if you had a cold or not. Like he does care about your soul. He doesn't really care if you have a cold sore. That's okay. So my, my parents had like a a different context level. Yes. I, that was helpful. I do like that. It's yeah. Little, little separated out there. No, a hundred percent. Every, every itch you had was you not being faithful enough. Every good Mm -hmm. thing you had was God blessing you. Um, by the way, cabbage patch dolls are forbidden. They also believe those were satanic. Oh um, yeah, we and <laughs> we had some of that. Followed, yeah, right. Well, it works out since they're also really expensive back then. <laughs> it's very convenient. Um, they also followed the Michael and Debbie Pearl book on physical discipline to train up a child. I'm sure you're familiar. It's the Amish deeply, way of raising your children. Deeply familiar. Yes, it is, it is very pro child beating. Um, deeply but, pro. Again, my sister used it. Um, yeah, so it was like I think it was basic curriculum for the area that I grew up yes. in. I don't know yes. that I'm not gonna I'm not making any statements about the people in my my group directly, but I know that I saw it constantly and that. And I think there's another one that's called like train up a child in the way he should go or something. That's, it's just that, like a longer title. I well, think it's the same book. I um, it's I, there are two, but oh, most, okay. I don't know. Yeah, but it, it's a weird. Who knows? There's the one with the smiling little blonde boy on it. I know that one is mm-hmm. burned into my mind. I think yeah. that's just train up a child. Um, well, I think the other part might be the subtitle to it, but um, maybe they are two different books. In any case, uh, it is FYI based on training horses, so mm-hmm. and moving them into submission. So they use that when it comes to appearance. Girls, in particular, face a long list of rules. For instance, they must avoid an eye trap. That is anything that draws attention to their bodies. So it could be a neckline that shows anything other than your collarbone, a necklace that was longer than sixteen inches. Um, when IBL articles suggest that failing to, quote, render to the Lord can lead to miscarriage. Another title, quote, how are eyelids used for seduct- seductive purposes? Get rid of your eyelids, whores. Stop using those eyelids for manipulative means, ladies. We see you. Rails against whoredom and the female wink. The female it's- wink. It's an act by attractive but immoral women caused to communicate lustful desires and sensual entrapments. I'm sure you heard all this. I definitely did. And then I worked in a strip club and I was like, I have all the tools. I know. (laughs) You actually actually had like a proportionate amount of understanding of your influence because they had talked it up so much. (laughs) I was like. Let me get these eyelids out, gentlemen. Oh, buddy, you bet you will not believe it when I break out the female wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, one of their defectors said it's a culture of fear. If you follow these rules, you make God happy and thereby you will be protected. If you violate the rules, then you'll be punished. Your car will break down and your washing machine won't work and your kids will rebel, which really is like that's some good examples of what people really um, believed. Um, so we've got IBLP big famous then the duggars come in they get big and famous they make iblp even more famous 
Um, this kind of feeds itself circularly for a while until, bam, Josh Duggar gets arrested for what? Hmm, child pornography. Child pornography. Not once, but twice. Also busted out for banging porn stars on the Ashley Madison site, which is for married people seeking affairs. Mm-hmm. He was certainly ousted there. And then that was only the beginning of the many problems we learned that this man had and were covered up. <laughs> by his parents one of which mm. was also abusing his sisters and a friend of the family which they never took to the authorities never got him not once help. they sent not him once. to iblp and guess what bill gothard said it's fine let him build some houses for me he'll feel better yep he was totally concerned about his experience and they made the girls say it was fine and it was horrible and awful and truly the stuff of nightmares the worst part in my opinion is this narrative that anything that bad that's bad that happens sexually to a woman is 100 percent her fault because these fucking children some of whom were as young as five in his family obviously had to take on that that was their fault and if you're wondering no ginger does not talk about this in the book she mentions it for like one paragraph where she does say she hasn't talked to her brother in two years and that she hopes he Mm. becomes a genuine person i'm sure she does that's all awful i am surprised that that event didn't uh signal to any of those girls uh like hey god doesn't seem to be intervening and protecting me but of course they've written a theology to bypass it right well, he's not protecting you because you didn't deserve protecting because you right. stubbed your toe and thought, darn. And that was yeah, about they just The problem is that people are inherently flawed if you're putting such a microscopic um, look at your lives, you know, like like even children at five years old are feeling in groups like these. And so if something bad does happen, I'm sure a five year old, I remember being a child and being able to think of real things that I thought were weighty sins that I should probably feel bad about. But I didn't need to feel bad about them. I've done way worse shit now. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Um, so, all right. So that takes us up to July 2011 when a group of IBLP alumni concerned about things that they'd been hearing from other people, uh, just kind of whispers amongst the church, uh, created a website that was called Recovering Grace. Um, and that was stories of women who had left IBLP and who had been abused within it. Almost exclusively, these are tales of of abuse by, guess who? Bill Gothard. Surprise Mm -hmm. to no one. The man who said he can just build a house for me and it'll be totally fine. Shockingly, also guilty. (laughs) Of the same crimes. Yes. So, Bill Gothard, who insists that all women never even use their eyelids to entrap a man, uh, turns out he is a man. And he's a pretty predictable man. So he has a long slew of women who he has. I don't, I guess I can't legally say he has abused them because he was not convicted of it. So I will say he has many, many accusers with identical stories. Um, And he didn't even deny it. He just said, oh, well, I guess I shouldn't Uh have done that. Um, So that brings us back to Scandal, Scandal that actually started in the fucking 70s when his brother was accused of sexually harassing a whole bunch of women and was asked to step down from the organization. And Bill Gothard was accused of also sexually harassing a whole bunch of women and was also asked to step down from the organization. 
way back in the 70s. And so the brother was fired forever. Bill Gothard was fired for like two weeks. And then some other kind of shakeup happened in the hierarchy. He got himself back onto the board. He climbed quickly back up to his place of power in the first place. And then he stacked his board with sycophants and consolidated power. Ah, no other comments. And the rest just is disappointment. History. Yeah. <laughs> just so, deep disappointment. Yeah. So really quickly, I'm going to go over just a few of the women's stories and accusations about him, and then we'll move on from that. Um, ah, there are just story after story after story, but I'll read you a few. And here's the thing. He had a very clear pattern. What he would do is he would, um, they were surprised, also all underage. So he would go to his conventions where he, so- IBLP followers consider him to be a modern day prophet on par with like Elijah or Elisha or Isaiah. He is a modern day prophet of God. So literally to touch him is to be healed of, of things going wrong in your life. Right. Um, and so he's a big, big deal. Many children, because let's recall, this is the quiverful movement, right? Which means uh, the quiverful, it means uh, you have a whole bunch of kids. I could go into the, there's a Bible verse about, you know, blessed is the man when, whose quiver is full of arrows, which means like he's got a whole bunch of children. Um, and so this is the quiverful movement. So they have lots of kids. I say that to say a lot of these children are told, and even Ginger reflects it without thinking about it in her book, they are told you're alive because Bill Gothard told me not to use birth control. Because nobody in their right mind other than Amish people would have 20 children. Right. Unless they're wealthy, unless they can afford it. Right. Because like right. the real breakdown is that when you have five children under five and you're poor and your husband's working like fucking 13 hours a day to support all of you and you are required by your church to homeschool everybody, but you're also required to be pretty and fit. But you're fucking you're nauseous and morning sick half of every year. Like it's not going to go well. It's going to be really hard, right? But guess who's never experienced this? The guy telling you to do it because he doesn't have a family. He's never had a wife or kids. Anywho, he probably doesn't because he's such a creepy McCreeperton. So what he would do is he would go to his own events and he would be the god at, you know, at every event. And then he would see girls he thought were pretty and he would say to them, oh, I love your countenance. I love... Mm -hmm. Your smile. I can see God in your smile. How would you like to come to Chicago and work with me or just outside Chicago? I think it's called Hilldale, um, you know, and, and be at headquarters with me, work for me as my personal assistant. And every single girl would think she'd been touched by a fucking angel. And then, mm-hmm. but then the same thing would happen every time. Her parents would go, Why would you ask for this? She's a minor. And he would be like, I just have to have her. I can just see God in her. And then that girl would be on a plane within a week. So I'll read you a couple. Yep. This one says, it was something you dreamed about, meeting Bill Gothard in the flesh. This is from Ginger's book. Uh, it was like the president of the United States tapping you on the shoulder. You don't expect it. In our world, the conservative homeschool world, he was everything. There were hundreds of people there waiting to touch the hem of his garment. She says Gothard asked her if she had ever considered working for the IBLP. She said she would love to, but she was only 15. Gothard said to her parents, I need her in Hinsdale now. Um, the parents were taken aback, but they agreed. It was a huge thing for the whole family. Within weeks, she was on a plane. Gothard offered to pay for the ticket. She was given a job as one of his personal secretaries. And he even took her to New Zealand several times. Um, Here's another thing. His private secretaries, despite the fact that women are supposed to be extremely plain and modest, Mm -hmm. uh, his, his 
his girls wore red nail polish and heels. Also, he likes blondes. He likes 15-year-old blondes with red mm-hmm. nail polish and heels that no other woman is allowed to wear. Uh, another woman so says, gross. so gross. She says, I was in awe of him. I was told by my parents that I was alive because of him. Um, I was told I owed my life to him. And then she says she had some uneasy encounters with him. He did the same thing. She was a minor. He pulled her out to his place. Um, He would invite me to sit at the head of the table every time we had a meal together. And then if it was the evening, he would invite me to come back to his office. He'd want me to sit and confess my sins of any relationships that I'd had with boys. Mm -hmm. Um, During dinner, he kept bumping her feet. He would do this. He would basically play play footsie with all of the, his girls um, under the table, but like, run his feet all the way up to their like edge of their vagina at dinner. And they would, they would always think like, Oh, I'm sure this is my fault somehow. I'm sure this is an accident. He's a prophet of God. But this girl says you couldn't get away from it because his foot just kept coming up your legs. No, no assault. Genuinely. Like, I know I don't have to say this to you, but you know, this is this is assault, you know. Anytime you are doing something of a sexual nature like this without consent to someone, especially a child, it is assault, and you're a criminal. You're a criminal. You're this a girl. criminal. Another girl says, "I felt I needed to protect his reputation because I know this is not probably what he means to do." And this, she's talking about the foot thing again. Yeah, uh, and this is my evil mind thinking that this is something more. It's her evil mind thinking. Um, she says, I've got to keep my legs back because maybe I'm sending him signals. In her case, the most disturbing incident came one night while she was riding in a car with him. He suddenly leaned forward and roughly grabbed almost all of her hair close to the nape of her neck in his fist and whispered through clenched teeth, I love your hair. Oh, God. She said, I was just in shock. I was like, okay, I can't explain this away anymore. I remember being in this turmoil, wanting to talk about this with somebody because I totally felt like you crossed a line, but you don't talk against God's anointed. Yeah, it's that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's tough with Bill Gothard because I, I don't want to say something that they talk about in the documentary uh, necessarily, but because I have watched it as well, but I did hear this otherwise, even though it is also included there. And that's just that, you know, he was Bill Gothard was to these people. Well, we already talked about the umbrellas of protection within the IBLP. He was a yes. very, very, very big deal. He was near God, right? Like getting approval. This would sort of be like if you were a devout believer of this group. This would be sort of like if the if the uh, I don't know if a bishop came to visit the Pope came to visit you or they something. Compare him to the Pope. They compare him to the Pope. I felt I felt hesitant to do that, but they sure do. And they're like, that's how serious this is. So you can imagine if you're a young girl, especially a child, um, and he's doing something wrong, but you've always been told that he's the pinnacle of everything that's right. Ah, yeah. How is your brain as a kid going to be like, oh, I get it. I can comprehend that this man is humanly flawed and that I should report this as a as a misstep to authorities like, no, that's a big jump. Of course, of course, your brain wouldn't do that. Well, and then, okay, do I tolerate this guy making me feel really, really uncomfortable or do I expose myself to like, you know, cancer because that's what the world will do to me, right? right? Or miscarriages or, you know, no husband. Um, 
Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, in 2014. So in 2011, this website came out, right? Then people started sharing their stories more and more and more. It was kind of like a little Me Too movement, right? For these women, very much so. Um, and that gave them all not just the courage, but the validation like, oh, this is weird. And oh, holy shit, he's doing this to a million people. I'm not misinterpreting this. This is a weird thing he does, right? Um, and so they, as that momentum built by 2014, they, uh, they filed a lawsuit against him. And let me see. The lawsuit claimed that Gothard, who holds no medical degree, provided therapeutic counseling according to his own whims. One of its most dramatic allegations involves a young woman on staff who asked for guidance on dealing with the emotional fallout of having been raped at age 11. Mm. The suit alleges Gothard discouraged the staffer from seeking outside psychological treatment. No, a professional mm-hmm. counselor would ruin you and all your potential to serve the Lord, he said. Professional counselors do not know how to work with abused girls. Only I do. So like, so tell me all about your stuff. Cause like I'm into it. Cause I'm a creep. Gothard decided not to, sorry, that was my addition. That didn't say that. No, fair. Um, <laughs> Gothard decided not to report the rape to authorities based on the flip of a coin. Uh, huh. Uh, huh. Yeah, yep, a lot of also he had a lot of late night Bible studies with just girls in his office, like all like four in the morning Bible studies um, in which he would put his hands on their breasts or up their thighs near their vaginas over their clothes. These are all 15 year old girls. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the case was voluntarily dismissed on February 26, 2018 due to statute of limitations. Fuck you, Illinois. Fix your shit. Mm hmm. Ew. Ew. Yeah. So, um, so that is, so in, at that point, um, Gothard has at, at the close of that lawsuit, Gothard did step down. He is no longer a part of IBLP. IBLP has since, um, gone on to continue trying to do its businesses. However, it's dramatically dropped in popularity and income. It's trying to rebrand itself. And so it went on, like it, mo- it, it got rid of all its old properties and it moved to a place in Texas. Um, and so it's, it's basically just trying to rebrand right now. So Gothard is no longer a part of it, um, but it still holds all of his teachings and all of the belief systems and all of the women rules. And it now exists in Texas, which I'm sure gave it a warm embrace. Um, and uh, yeah, and still has the followers who are still in it are just as staunchly attached as ever. And in fact, in today's political climate, people being willing to not look at reality is um, get, seems to be getting easier for people all the time. So mm. that is what is currently happening with IBLP. And that is the story of IBLP. And that is what it is like to be within it. I will say just a couple other things here. This was something that I found. I pulled it out of one of the articles. I'm just going to read you the paragraph. It says, this is interesting to me because, let me preface this, um, this is an article about IBLP, but it's differentiating between fundamentalism and evangelicalism mm-hmm. because they are so, so like close to each other. It can be hard to tell them apart. And in fact, because the group that I grew in didn't have a, den- grew up in, didn't have a denomination, I've sort of always been like, what movement were we a part of? We're kind of this, we're kind of that. Like I could, it's hard for me to convey to people what my Mm -hmm. church was. And when I see all of these evangelical churches, we looked a lot like that, except we're not 
fancy rich. We're like snake handlers in a mega church is kind of you know, sure. like how I would yeah. describe us. Um, but this really helped me. So this says there's an often blurry boundary between fundamentalism and evangelicalism, opaque to most people. To generalize, ev- evangelicals like Billy Graham are more engaged with mainstream culture, whether through copying it, criticizing it, or trying to influence it. Fundamentalists tend to cut out the world, in quotation marks, a wider berth altogether and create an elaborate lifestyle of rules to keep themselves separate from the world, which is part of what made the Duggars' appearance on TLC so unusual. Mm. Um, not only was most secular culture off limits, but most Christian culture was too. So that was a really helpful delineation for me it was easy to read that for me and go oh I was fundamentalist right yeah I will say I don't know about that I'm a little confused by the separation between fundamentalism and evangelicalism because um fundamentalism doesn't refer like fund being a fundamentalist is you can be like a fundamentalist mormon or a fundamentalist Mm -hmm. evangelical right so I'm guessing what, what I'm guessing this would be more like fundamental evangelicalism which i definitely yes it's weird it's very weird this is like super similar to whenever we did talk about the mormons and we talked about the difference between um the the general mormons that you see that are just like really nice people and you're like wow that oh those people they're some of the nice people we ever met and then um like under the banner of heaven where it's like ah mormons aren't like that it's like well some of them are but they're just they're just fundamentalists fundamentalists. Um, exactly so it's just like a very severe and often very literal interpretation of um whatever the the belief system is with the group but but yeah i totally see what you mean and it's so it's so interesting because like I when I was raised, similar to what you're saying, I was um, always in the line between fundamentalism and uh, fundamental evangelicalism and just like standard fun- evangelicalism of varying degrees. And it's crazy because fundal- fundamental evangelicalism literally looks so different from group to group to yes. depending on the grain that they lead in, that they lean into. Like I knew oh, sure. like Judeo-Christian fundamentalists who had like no wrists showing, right? Long yes. hair, hair coverings. I knew fundamentalist Christians who um wore pants, but were at times, obviously as yes. women, but were so little literal in their belief system that they were like some of the least tolerant people you could ever be around, right? In terms of <laughs> fundamental means separate from the world exactly exactly and that is a big chasm any so whether it's fundamentalist mormons who are can't argue that they are separate from the world oh yeah you know uh, (laughs) but what it like those were again i can't i always come back to like words are powerful words matter and and it, it really helped me to understand fundamental means separate from the world and iblp is fundamentalist right it exists in a bubble so they might go to evangelical churches, and it seems like a lot of them did, but they were fundamentalist within evangelical churches. So where other people might have been like, I love Christian rock, they were like, not us. Yeah. And I would guess that the people that they were doing church with were also fundamentalist, just knowing. Their home churches, yes. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. knowing that. Definitely. I, yeah. I definitely think because unfortunately the Duggars like in the area of Arkansas that the Duggars were in this is very normal um not necessarily 
necessarily like IBLP yes. specifically, but right. and this is not someone we're even talking about today, but Vision Vorum and Doug Phillips. This is a mm-hmm. this is more my branch of fundamentalist evangelicalism. Um, mm-hmm. and that's a, a peer to Bill Gothard. Um, and and they're literally so similar to each other, so similar to each other. And the mm-hmm. things that came out of them, it's amazing how they're like the slight differences in the things that are like super similar across the board um, that you see because yeah, like you're saying, it's just like, it just signifies a level of disconnection, which you can imagine would make it very diverse in the different little, little groups. Cause they wouldn't have any way of like getting together and conversing and connecting with each other or the outside world really with any of their little thoughts in their heads. No. And you know, anybody who isn't doing, they're so precise about how much of your risk can show. And I'm talking about uh, IBLP and other fundamentalist groups. They're Mm -hmm. so precise about, I can see your collarbone. I can't see your collarbone. Your hair can be braided. It can't be braided that there is no bending. And, you know, as Ginger Duggar was saying in her book, like she was so terrified to Mm -hmm. step outside and do the wrong thing. I feel you, Ginger. So was I, um, you know, it, it, you're not going to talk to somebody whose hair is braided if you don't braid your hair. That's it. You're never going to know what they think because conversation isn't going to start because they have already made wrong decisions Absolutely. that you would never make. And she talks a lot about that in her book as well, like, mm. you know, how that closes you off. Um, I'll say two other things about this. Thing number one, I did go obviously and look at all of IBLP's um, information on their website. I got to say... I, they look so Nexium-y. There is a curriculum for every single thing. So there are two things, which is to say they could get me. They could, IBLP, you can get it. They could have gotten me at a certain point <laughs> because they they, ha- they have a written prescription for every single thing you might come up against and how to fix it and how to then control your life so that it won't go off the rails which is what people looking for religion, especially people closing off from the world, homeschooling their children, they want to safeguard themselves from things that are scary in the world. Don't blame you guys. That's so do I. But so uh, they have one, um, one section of their website is uh, it's called revealed in nature Mm. and it's every animal. And then like a thing about that animal. Okay. And what that can teach us about, like, our role in the universe, right? So okay. uh, revealed in nature, the wolverine. <clears throat> the wolverine illustrates boldness. It is a fearless and tenacious fighter, does not back away from any opponent, capable of driving away a bear or a mountain lion. That teaches us the lesson of boldness. The opposite of boldness is fearfulness, right? So then you go into, there's a Bible verse for it. And now, Lord, behold, their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Acts four twenty nine. So there's a there's a Bible verse to attach to it. Then there's a little little paragraph. I won't read the whole thing, but the operational definition of boldness is confidence that what I have to say or do is true and right and just in the sight of God. A bold person is willing to obey God when called to stand for righteousness. Boldness requires discernment to know when to stand, courage to face the unknown, wisdom to foresee the outcome. This is my jam. I love a good Bible study. And if I can go in and go, I need to be bold. Here's a great write-up about it with all the churchy Bible language that I know and understand. And that makes me feel like it's righteous and it's right. You know, like this is familiar Bible language. If if you're a Bible studier, this is how they talk, right? Um, 
for God has not given us. Hey, tell me if you've heard this first, because I certainly have. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord from Second Timothy. Um, so it's a little lesson on boldness, right? That we get from whichever animal they use for this. I've already forgotten. Who is the animal, Amarin? Are you learning? It's the wolverine. I am. It's the wolverine. I was going to say honey badger. That was what I came was to too, mind I was first. Say badger I too. knew. I the knew wolverine. somehow it wasn't right, so I didn't want to volunteer it. I was like, mm. but okay, the wolverine. That's because, as we all know, the honey badger doesn't give a fuck, so they're not so going to use them. So um, and then there are evaluation questions. Um, do I take action when I see error and injustice? How do I protect the unborn? Who are the Christian leaders I am praying for to have boldness and speak the truth? Do I wait for opportunities to witness or do I create them? When conviction has the Lord, pl- what conviction has the Lord placed on my heart to take a stand on publicly? So there's your lesson on boldness. Um, and they, they, there's one on the zebra. The zebra Let's see. Oh, the zebra is compassion because they use their hmm. herd to protect each other. Right. Because uh, zebras, they do. They use it because they can kind of create an optical illusion. Yeah. Um, so they'll use their herd to protect their weak. So the zebra is compassion. And the opposite of compassion is indifference. And then you go on to do your little lesson about that. So I just thought that was really great. I also thought it was great that they used the emperor penguin as an example. <laughs> nice. Very because, nice. As we all know, the emperor penguins are famously gay men. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is not the lesson we're supposed to take from them. Um, but I, I just will say. Their curriculum is slated and organized in such a way that it is vast. It is easy to access. It makes you feel like you got the answers that you needed and that it's written in such a way that you feel like it's holy and it's right. And if you just do this simple thing and learn this lesson, you will be safe. And that I want to be safe. That would get me if I if I hadn't had enough like crashes with reality to know. Absolutely. It isn't going to keep me safe. I would be all in. I would love this accessible curriculum. I would love it. And I would love to give it to my children if I thought it would protect them. Unfortunately, Josh Duggar taught us all, it doesn't protect you, right? In Mm -hmm. fact, it puts you in danger because would Josh Duggar have acted the way that he did if he had any fucking sex education, any idea of like actual repercussions in the world? I don't know. Mm -hmm. He's a terrible person, but I don't know. He does. He does seem terrible. Yeah. It's hard to say. It's very hard to say, but I see what you mean. And I definitely think that the level of protection that's offered and, and the context with which you're encountering, you know, these groups is, is so important because like you said, at the right time, prior to certain things being exposed or what have you, when this is a low key group and it's just promoting Christ centered curriculum, what have you, not so crazy. A lot of the stuff they, they saying at these lower levels, not so crazy, but yeah, once you start really get once it starts seeping into your soul, that's where it starts getting a little more traction on you. Unfortunately, that's what's so well, seditious oh, about a lot of these things. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that I read um, also from uh, Miss Ducker's book was that. So Bill Gothard also constantly told people that he so he was always just like every other cult male cult leader we we find and female cult leader let me not leave you ladies out in the dark on this one <laughs> constantly evolving the theology to like whatever like basically thing they were interested in right so he was also always making like new dietary rules for them 
uh, you know, because basically because like he'd get old and he'd be like, I need more fiber in my diet. Then he'd be like, Christians need more fiber in their diets. <laughs> so he would just constantly, he was very attached to their diets. But what he told people was consistently was that he knew the secrets to the Bible. He knew the secrets on how to please God. And so you can't, you can't just read the Bible. That doesn't, the Bible doesn't have the secrets that Bill Gothard personally has. And so these people are so in belief of what he says that they don't look to their Bible. They look to him because he knows the secrets. So a good little caveat from Ginger Duggar, she said, if a teacher tells you they have the secret to God, that teacher should be avoided at all costs. And I think that's a uh, Sound advice here at Cold Side Join. Very sound. Must commend it. Yep. And here's my last little bit. So here's a little tale she was telling. She said, you know, obviously she grew up in IBLP. She considered herself to be holy within a holy movement. Um, but there was a time that she remembers now, you know, when you like look back at something from your childhood and you're like, oh, yes. shit, that was bad. And I thought it wasn't bad. So there was a time when she and her sisters went to the mall and they were just bouncing around at the mall and some store had like a blonde wig. So they all tried the blonde wig on, danced around in the mirror. And they were all like, look at me. I'm a Gothard girl. Tee hee hee. I'm ready to go to headquarters. Because it was such common knowledge that he brought in 15 year old blonde girls, but they never perceived at the time like, a minute he's bringing in a lot of 15 year old blonde girls so now she can look back and go like holy shit it was such common knowledge that it was a funny joke that girls played jokes about mm, yeah that's that's tough that's a tough one i yeah. do not like to hear that that does make me feel very upset i do not like when things are known within groups and communities but people just don't do anything about it that's truly the worst and i'm very against it but they didn't, they, they suspended disbelief and they were like, well, nothing could be bad because he's not bad. Yeah, I know. But they, we have a problem with this as human beings. We really do. We do this a yeah. lot. We constantly yeah. suspend disbelief for white men specifically. And yeah, go, he's true. probably not doing anything bad. And as much as I find it totally understandable and do not judge people for finding themselves in that position because goodness gracious, I wouldn't know how to handle that right either. What's right even look like in the, in a situation like that? You shouldn't mm -hmm. be in that position in the first place. Um, that being said, gosh, we've got to get higher standards, don't we, collectively? We really do. We really need to stop being like, that's pro I mean, yeah, I've heard four different people tell me that truth, um, but I don't know. It just, mm, it happens so much. This is close to home for me. It's close to home to a lot of evangelical people, I am sure, because this is kind of rampant. Not going to lie. There's a lot of issues like this. I do know of like real people who I won't name drop, but maybe at a high level of the Patreon, um, who were in communities <laughs> Ever, like this. Names, names. <laughs> um, who were in communities like this, who straight up have gotten away their whole lives with assaulting women. Um, yes. Seriously yes. assaulting women. And it's well known. And their woman was technically believed technically, but no preventions were put into place to keep this from happening again. And that man is free and will never be taken to the police. Gosh, I hope that's not true. Prove me wrong in any of these situations. I beg of you, universe. But it doesn't usually happen. And so I just hate that it's insidious from the top down in like communities, even like these people aren't all connected, but the, it the environment is there and it's like rich for suppressing 
narratives of abuse. Yeah. And look how much they cushion. I mean, like, yes, they had Bill Gothard step down when he was fucking being sued for like minor (laughs) sexual harassment, but, but they don't like decry him. They didn't pillory him. They didn't punish him. They didn't take his jet back, you know, like he's doing okay and he'll always do okay. You know, Josh fucking Duggar is in prison for 10 years, he's ruined his wife's life. You know, he's damaged his sisters, Truly. his children. I can't, I will always feel just heartache for his wife, who I'm sure thinks it's her fault because she is still in that organization. Um, you know, and she grew up in that organization. So like, good Lord, I feel for her. But, you know, um, he's, he's, they haven't put out, they're not like, fuck that guy. They're like, well, that's unfortunate. He's, you know, still yeah. white, still male. So we're cool with it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I'm sure they'll embrace him when he comes back out. I cannot imagine that they won't. I mean, he was part of a political conservative think tank. So he's a golden boy. He sure is. And he was part of that with the knowledge already out of his previous acts. Mm-hmm. The only thing that wasn't out was the illegal act of child pornography on your computer, you idiot. But yep. But the knowledge of his previous acts, which were plenty bad enough, um, was there when they put him in a political conservative think tank. So certainly was. Yuckety, yuckety, yuck, yuck. Here's my Gross. last my last little tidbit, which man, they'd have gotten me on this one. So again, Gothard was very, very specific in how he wanted people to he he described every movement of everybody's life. And so for a while, he said that everybody had to greet each other like this. You would say, okay, ask me how I am. How are you? I'm giving you a huge smile. And I say, I'm rejoicing. Beautiful. Wow. I kind of love it. When when I was growing up, uh, we were not allowed to say the word lucky. Was this yeah. a thing for you? Or was yes. that for me? Okay. I yeah. still have it. actually go look at my uh, Instagram right now and you will still see that if I ever I could do it tonight, if I post anything that says I am lucky, at least one person will comment and say, sweetheart, oh, you're, you're not lucky, though. You're blessed, sister. Yeah. And I could die every time. And I just as a note, I do not care. And the last time I did respond and say, I feel lucky. Thanks. Um <laughs> That's all. I don't know what to tell you. It's my experience, <laughs> not yours. Anyway, yes, that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it was a thing for us too. And I, um, I just don't. I still don't say I'm lucky. Never. I would. I can't Ugh. bring myself to do it. It makes me uncomfortable because I'm. Because for those of you who don't know, you would never say that you're lucky because luck has nothing to do with it. You're not. You're not blessed by the earth. God blesses you. Either God blesses you or He doesn't. So. You to to say you're lucky is blasphemous because it cuts God out of the picture of whatever good thing happened to you. There it was give brief, him credit. No, and and he's owed credit at every turn. He's listening, but not if you're in the Holocaust. But no, generally, no. yes. Don't put out an Instagram post calling yourself lucky for fuck's sake, because Don't that's think be about a problem. It. You're going to be outside that umbrella like that. So that's a very short rope for things like this okay he sees lucky in your instagram caption he shifts that umbrella a little yeah. bit to the left okay is hitting your left shoulder and you're getting wet send rain yeah. send abomination rain Ex- abomination rain so yeah briefly in my church um we had to do this thing 
some male leader decided that um, we all needed to think about how we were speaking to each other more thoroughly before we just used our words because words are powerful. And our church was real into like how powerful words are speaking into being and all those things. So, um, so <laughs> they made a rule. It didn't last long because it was really tedious that every single word we said to each other, you had to go over it first in your head. So you would go like, I would look at you and I would pause and think through a sentence. And when I thought it, I would say, hello, Amarin. And then you would, rather than saying, hello, Jesse, you would think, hello, Jesse, mm-hmm. then you would say it. And then we'd both stand there and pre-think our sentences before we said them so that we considered our words before they came out of our mouth. Now, silly, tedious, didn't last long. Yes. But do I still remember it all these years later? Did it affect me? Obviously it did. did. Certainly it did. Yeah. If I walked up to your cult and everybody was wearing long dresses and modest shirts and long hair, and they all kind of looked the same. And I said, how are you? And you said, I'm rejoicing. I would be like, here's my social security number. <laughs> there you go. There you have it right what there. Do I need to do that. Is Where hilarious. is the dotted line? <laughs> so, all right, Amarin, we have now spent a day in IBLP we along have. with the Duggars and many others. Are you in? Are you joining? No, I don't think this will come as a surprise to you, but no. And I will give you a specific answer for this because obviously I've already alluded multiple times to how similar this is to groups that I did, in fact, run in as a younger mm-hmm. person. So in many ways, yes, could get me in. There's one thing, though, okay. about the okay. uh, IBLP, and it's what we started with. And I'm not literally trying to do a full circle thing here, but it's the fact it's a business. Um, just mm-hmm. because of the way that I was brought up, I couldn't do that. And I wouldn't have done that because I was taught so explicitly that if you're going to be a Christian, gosh, it's not a business thing. Gosh Jeez- darn it, Amarin. I know. I know. It's tough. It's the money changers in the temple. It's Jesus cutting the tables. It's the you for me, you cannot combine faith and business in this way. I'm not saying that you can't be a Christian person that has a little business that they run and that business can't be faith founded. I don't really care about that. You probably can. But what you can't do is have a mega church. You can't be Joel Steen. You can't be the righteous gemstones to make a pop culture reference. You can't be any of these imagined or real groups. You have to, in my personal opinion, I'm not saying that's actually true, but that's how I was raised and I can't shake it. Yeah. I mean, in addition, you can't, uh, you can't, um, you know, uh, abuse children. Gosh, you really can't. I know it's shocking to people, but you can't do it. Um, No. Jesus was so clear. I yell about this constantly, but Jesus, if there was one thing that that gentleman made clear when he was on this earth, it's that he really vibes with kids. He's big on the kids. He loves kids. And you shouldn't be messing with or hurting kids if you're pro-Jesus, because that dude literally said, like, it's I am the advocate for all children. Yeah. So like, how, say it. how could you do mm, big choices, friends? Big choices. Lots of cognitive dissonance we got going on, huh? Cognitive dissonance is the name of the game. That's right. All right. Well, Amarin, gosh darn it. I was really excited to join IBLP because I, I was know in for the, the hair and the long denim skirts. Listen, obviously that's a gateway drug for me it is and, and then, i understand i do and then we're we're rejoicing and we've got 20 kids in a house and we've got like 
family style dinners every night. I I'm a yes, yes, yes. I can control my life. Okay, here, let me ask you this separate question. If they were right, and you could follow their, this is obviously like in a fantastical world, this is in reality. Sure, 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 sure. If you, if it were correct and true, that mm-hmm. if you followed their curriculum, all of it, now you've got to, you've got to practice courtship instead of dating. You've got to, you, you, the men are the, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did too. Uh, you, the men are the umbrellas over you your entire life, but it does in fact manipulate God into taking care of you and keeping you safe. Would you follow the rules? Oh, for sure. Like if it was true and they proved it to me in this fantastical world, because I thought that was kind of what it was like, low key. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, shit, world is crazy out here. It's scary. I'm afraid. I need some protection. How mm-hmm. am I going to get that? Religion. I yeah. definitely got the equation. Like I, we were handshaking, me and Faith. We were having a really nice moment. And uh-huh. I could definitely get back there. The problem is that, and I know I don't have to say this, but just to make the connection, when I started seeking out the things and I started like stepping outside of the umbrella of protection or the realm of protection or the hedge of protection, as we called it in my group, it was the Ooh. hedge of protection. Oh, okay. um, so if I felt like I was going to die and then I did it and guess what? nothing happened. The sun shined another day. My parents still loved me. Um, I didn't die. I was okay. Wow. So I was actually going to ask you what your kind of like little moment of, of seeing that it wasn't true was for you. That's it's interesting. I'm happy for you that yours was lovely. Mine was definitely like losing my first baby in my twenties. And I know it sucked. I'm sorry to keep being a downer and bringing it up, but um, no, it's not. It's fair. That was the moment I realized God did not intervene. Yeah. He did not. That's true. And I was like, Oh, it's all bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I would say, I would say that it wasn't, I wouldn't say that I had a nice time realizing that, um, that it wasn't true. I will, I would say that, um, it definitely wasn't, the trigger was not as harsh, but I was definitely horrified and crushed that, um, that it wasn't true. I was just pleasantly surprised not to die. Um, because at the time when I made the decision to do that, I'd already accepted that it, if it was going to be like that, well, Hey, it was going to be that way. But I will say that like, the realizations that it wasn't the right thing, that's something we could definitely save to get into. But like, I would say definitely not as as light as like, oh, I'm doing good. I'm actually losing weight. People are complimenting me and I look happy again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, like there's life in my eyes. That's nice. That definitely came some time after I was like, oh, no, all of this is fake. Like this is a, <laughs> this is not real for me. Um, and and I wouldn't say all of this is fake is the way that I would describe it. But just like, you know, because that's not how it feels in deconstruction. And I'm sure most people would agree with me. It's more like, oh, this isn't true. And then well, you start look, pulling on it and, and then it unravels, you know, yeah. and then it just keeps unraveling. That's how it was for me. And then eventually I had nothing left. And I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> so that. Yeah, that's a good recreation of that. But 
yeah, I hear you. It's messy. It's not cut and dry. It happens in stages. It happens for whole lives, I would say, sometimes. Just the people coming out of weird stuff like this. Because all the stuff is so crazy, you know? Not all of it's IBLP, like we were talking about today specifically. But a lot of it's... If you take one thing away from this on the human level, take away the fact that a lot of stuff is like this, you know? Keep an eye on your neighbors. (laughs) Keep an eye on people straight up. I'm not trying to be cynical, but like... Don't just give guys a pass. You know, if you see something like, oh, that doesn't seem like a thing that guy would do. It might be. It might be. Look into it. Shine some light on it. Let's find out. Let's investigate. Watch watch the teenage girls in all your neighborhoods everywhere. Okay, here's my last two things. We still have to give our ratings. uh, But just before, I'll give you one little tale from the church that I grew up in about the umbrella of protection. um, And like uh, one of those stories that got passed around the church for years and years as an example of why we, why God we're right. And God does protect us. Mm -hmm. It was a woman in our church. So there's some um, Bible verse and I don't know it exactly, but it's like, you know, when you obey God, God will um, surround you in his feathers of protection, like a bird, right? There's yes, some, that's correct. Yeah. Like a mother, yes. like, a, like a mother bird with her chicks or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And so that's, that's a common verse that we use when we're talking about that umbrella of protection in church circles. And so uh, we all know that verse, we all repeat it a lot. So there was a woman in our church and she was in some parking lot somewhere getting into her car and a guy pulled like got out from the back seat of her car put a gun to her head and was like in a carjack her or whatever was going to happen and she remembered the verse and she just wanted to be like safe in the moment she wanted god to protect her but she was so you know freaked out that she couldn't even think clearly enough to go like god please help me so she went And the guy was so freaked out by her that he ran away from her. And so oh, good. that was like a story in our church of how God really does protect us. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. That's hilarious. I mean, it's a, that's a great example. And I'm really pleased that that's where the story was going. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's how we do it up in the old fundamentalist churches. All right, Amarin, on a scale of one to ten wackadooiness, where do you rate? Uh, yeah, this is going to be one of those ones where I don't pull a lot of punches and I say, I don't think this is that wacky. I I do think a lot. I think that, like I said earlier, I think there was a lot of stolen content here. A lot of repurposes, rebranded. I now to be fair, maybe other people stole from him. Like you said, too. Who knows? Sorry if you're getting the short end of the stick, Gothard. I don't care. Um, Sorry. It's so not that sorry. Yeah, that all of that makes me say three. I feel like it is wacky. I don't think it's mm-hmm. that inventive. We've talked about some insanely creative groups on the mm. show. Really wacky stuff. This is pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah, there's not even like golden tablets in this one. Yeah. Or angels on Earth. Just like pamphlets, which is it's basically wow, not like, wacky. Not wacky yeah. at all. Wear skirts, suck my dick. You know, run of the mill. Just basic stuff. Just yeah. basic oppression stuff going yeah. on in this group. <laughs> basic now, oppression Olympic. Yes. I will say you and I view this as like our elementary years. So maybe oh, yes. the audience <laughs> should educate us on guys, chime in on our Facebook page. Let us know where you would rate the wacky doing because Amarin and I might could use some education yes. from those of us who didn't grow up quite akin to this. Uh, and like I said, I went to high school with a Duggar cousin. We were on speech and debate together. He was quiet and polite. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> um, so, okay. And last one, aesthetic. One to 10. 
No. Um, so this is tough because I definitely don't want it to sound like I'm not a fan of what some of the aesthetic here is, which is like the kind of like farmhouse movement type long skirt thing. It's purity culture chic. I want to be very, yes. I want to be very clear in saying that if you really look at these people and you really look at their wispy curled bangs and their their weird perm problems and you really are checking that out and you're also looking at the Yes, they do. Yes, yes, they do. And you're looking at the button-down shirts, the men, just like Mm. the dumb clothes. I it makes it hard for me to to like I just I've seen the aesthetic done well. So while I think that they're parallel, I do not think that like the three open fridges to the massive kitchen because we have 45 children. Not my not my vibe, Um, Mm. which means I'm going to give it another three, something I've never done before. I'm going to match the number. Okay. Okay. Wackadooiness. I'm going to defer to our audience. Um, and find out, although I would probably give it a three as well. They're not, they're yeah. not very wacky. Except, we'll have a joint submission. Except for the surprise child molesters, which is really throws the numbers. So we've yeah. got that in the mix. Or it's I'm true. sorry, actually not surprise at all. So I guess. I didn't want to count. say it, but I was going to say, I wish I was a little bit more surprised. Right. But. Um, would that we were surprised. Okay. So aesthetics for me, that is my favorite look i love that look um if i saw one of them out somewhere i'd probably just think that they got their clothes at big lots yeah um, which my mother texted me the other day i told her she should try some skinny jeans because they might like feel comfy to her she doesn't wear jeans because she thinks they're not comfy and she messaged me and was like i got some pants at big lots they're great oh boy (laughs) i love to hear it oh mom (laughs) so anyway (laughs) um so that's okay i got my bet at aldi's so we're all we're all doing fine all doing good aldi's the grocery store that is that's where i got my bet anyway um yes so if i just saw one person i would probably think they just got their outfit at big lots and i'd be like oh i love a weird religious plain person but man if i saw 40 of them coming at me with their long skirts and their modest shirts i'd i'd jump in the pile i couldn't stop myself it's a magnet You'd have to get right in there. And I respect that about you. denim magnet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, you guys. We have covered IBLP. I guess neither of us are joining because we can't have money changers in the temple. But It's true. I did like their curriculum, I have to say. There is some fun curriculum stuff going on. Not the crazy part. I just appreciated the animal matching with the Bible verses. Well, yes. There are definitely levels. Yeah. I mean, I think this was a miss, guys. Bill, uh, my note, bad work. Um, I'm not a huge fan. I think you messed up on many levels. I think it's kind of permanently messed up from here. I'm cynical about it. I don't think you guys can get back on track. I Uh doubt anybody's listening from the group because it just is really outside of what they're allowed to do. Uh But if you are, I'm serious when I say I don't think that's it. I think you should ask some questions. Just a thought. I concerning stuff going on in that group. Not a fan. Bill Gothard, you are literally the worst. You made the world a worse place for your having been in it. Yeah, yeah. You've done the opposite of what most people hope for. You've truly sowed seeds of pure sadness, hatred, and chaos. So that's not good. Tap out, Bill Gothard. Call it quits. See, See where you end up for eternity, Bill Gothard. Get back to us. Hit us up if you can. Okay. 
All right. Until next time, guys, you can now access us on the Patreon. We have thus far covered uh, the first season of The Vow on Nexium on Nexium. Mama's tired. Um, and our first episode was actually on the movie Women Talking, which turned out to be a point counterpoint. So it was get in there. It was. Yep. So some spicy content. Y'all are probably going to be surprised by who liked it and who didn't. I think we broke our patterns a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's right. Stay tuned for more goodness like that on the Patreon and also potentially all season long. Who's to say? Mm-hmm. Send in your tales from the farm and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining another cult with us. Light and love. Namaste. Hey, friends. If you are loving cults I join and want to help us share the fun, here are some actions you can take. Subscribe and share the show on any podcast platform. Rate and review us on Google. This keeps us visible and gives an angel its wings. Or at least that's what our guru says. Follow us at CultsideJoin on the .com, the Facebook, and the Insta. And then hit us there with all your comments, discussions, and questions. We really do love hearing what you think. Finally, a huge thank you to our co-creators. Editing and post-production is by DeverWeb. And the biggest thanks to the incomparable Miss Devin Spruill, our theme song creator and performer. You should go soak up her music right now. And that's it, y'all. Thanks for listening and happy culting.